I just want to take a couple of minutes to talk about one of the sponsors of our podcast, and that is 503 Sports. 503 Sports is a site very well known for their throwback merchandise for a multitude of leagues, whether it be, for example, the World League of American Football, the World Football League, or in our case, the Arena Football League. I mean, if you're looking for any type of throwback merchandise from those teams that don't exist anymore, whether it be shirts, caps, customizable jerseys that you can get your own name and number, Detroit Drive, San Jose Sabercats, what? They're the place that has them. And just for our listeners of the podcast, they have a special offer just for you. If you use the promo code ARENAFAN, when you check out, you'll get 10% off your very first order. So head over to 503-sports.com, use the promo code ARENAFAN, get 10% off, and you want to thank them for being a sponsor of AFL Tonight. And welcome to AFL Tonight, ArenaFan.com's weekly look at everything arena football. I'm your host, Tim Capper, along with my co-hosts, Ben Fertinale. What up, what up? And John Stark. Wee! <laughs> What's going on? That it's just slightly different that there is no copyright infringement. I congratulate you, John. That was amazing. The frat likes that. The frat yeah! Likes that. Bring it there it is. There it is. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah. And with us this week for this very special uh, Arena Bowl preview edition roundtable, too many words, is... <laughs> Is the Philadelphia Soul uh, beat writer for Arena fan Harrison Brown? No Wolfpack call, but what's good, fellas? How we doing? <laughs> <laughs> Looking That's, forward to the Arena uh, Bowl. <laughs> the ghost is back. What's good, homie? <laughs> and the Empire beat writer Ryan McCarthy. Well, ah, thank you, thank you. From a very, very moist five one eight. I'm sorry if people like hate the word moist, but I don't care at this point. <laughs> yeah, we got the word moist uh, pretty early in the show. So there it is. That's out of the way. Yeah, <laughs> ugly word. Well, I guess it's a real ugly word. It's got to be different. Something has to be has to be worse worse than moist. I don't think so, Tim. No, <laughs> moist is up there. Do not think so, Tim. No. Okay. Let me think of a French. Never mind. Um. Yeah. <laughs> So the guys, we are finally at the, the championship game for the 2019 season. Uh, the game will be in Albany, New York for the first time. Damn, it's, it's funny. It's going to be basically almost 20 years to the day that this game is going to take place next week. Um, and I know, Ryan, you did a, uh, a, nice, little, a, a nice little letter to the Empire uh, concerning just that and um it was it's it being it brings me back because i was there too man i was there too and i know i know we'll be we'll be talking about oh you were yeah oh yeah i was there okay yeah i was there okay yeah so okay right yeah 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 um wasn't born yet (laughs) but (laughs) (laughs) seriously I was reading it. I was like, dude, I was born like three weeks later on September 10th, 1999. Oh, well, I bet say you weren't an arena bowl, baby. No. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny. I would like to see some of the arena bowl babies that were born nine months after the Firebirds won the arena bowl. I would love to do a piece on that. <laughs> well, I'm sure either their name was either uh, uh, either Eddie or for some reason they called them Touchdown. 
Or if they really had a lot of foresight, they actually named them Indianapolis or something like that. Oh, so, that so cuts deep. Not, uh, sorry. Mm. Uh, um, yes, so... Uh, but first, what we're going to do is we're going to go over uh, the game this past week. We're going to go over the award winners, and uh, we will we will leave it at that. And we'll, we'll we'll all get out of here and uh, start heading towards uh, towards Albany in, in the next couple. Yeah, of days. start walking now. You might get there. You might. We yes. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but the the games last week were pretty anticlimactic. Well, especially I mean, at least the game in Philadelphia was uh, was at least a close game. But I think one of the few things that we want to talk about when it comes to the game that was on Saturday in Baltimore, um, besides the fact with the, the Albany Empire tying a, a playoff record for 49 points in the, in the first half, uh, ties the Arizona Rattlers from, uh, from a, to the, the 2016 semifinal, um, is something that... I don't think I ever thought of, guys, when it came to how you could make the aggregate scoring even worse. And I've been a proponent of it. I really have liked the aggregate scoring type of playoffs these past two years. But when it comes to kneeling down with four minutes remaining <laughs> in the fourth quarter, I'm sorry. It just made it look really, really bad. Um, ben, was- when you saw that happening, what was your first reaction? My first reaction was shock because it doesn't seem like something Coach Keefe would do. Yeah. Um, I, like, I think I totally understand the move, and I, I understand not wanting to risk injury in in a, a set of time that just means absolutely nothing. I mean, there is no reason to get someone injured in those last three minutes. It makes basically no sense to do anything at the end of this game, even try anything. But it was still just a shocking unkeef like move who's typically the aggressor, the kind of guy who would keep chucking bombs like when you're way up. So right. uh, it was a fitting end to what was a absolutely disastrous playoff matchup. Yes, I agree. Uh, John. Yeah, you know, I was actually quite surprised. I mean, I haven't even seen anything like that in professional football in a while. Uh, I think it started, what, around the 3 minute 40, 334 mark when they decided to start taking those knees. And I, I was just surprised is is really, really all I have to say about it. Yeah, uh, Ryan, you were there. What, what was your thought? Because I know you've been, you've been watching <laughs> I thought it was a an engine. What was that? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> to start again, uh, Ryan. What? All right. So I watched the I watched the game from home, and oh. I was a little, I was a little perplexed myself, uh, but I can understand, if, especially if you're trying to keep guys healthy for next week, uh, why you would start downing, and with your backup quarterback too, uh, start downing on, on, with three plus minutes to go. It's a little strange, but it's a little perplexing. But I can understand the reasoning. Yeah. And what what about you, Harrison? I mean, it's kind of the downside to two playoff games in football. I mean, it's by by nature, it's just an aggressive sport. Guys are going to get hurt. So, I mean, when you have it clinched like that, like even Philly, and they were in a competitive game, it really didn't mean anything. So, I understand it from Albany's perspective. It would have been cool to see Espinosa get some more reps because I think he's a guy who could probably wind up being a starter if there's a few expansion teams. But I mean, I understand it. Yeah, I, my thought is after seeing what he did. I was wondering if he was channeling his inner Shane Stafford because I think, John, you said you haven't seen it before. Remember what they did in the Arena Bowl last year? They tried the, the downing of it. And remember, that's when Coach Benji and Stafford got into that quote-unquote fight over what they were, how they were going to try and kill the time. So it, it, we've, seen it, we've, yeah. it, we've seen it happen before, but not to this extent. And you know what? 
I kind of do hope, and we talked about this last week, we do hope that they go back to the normal type of playoff structure where it's a one game and, you know, one and you're done type of thing. Please. (laughs) (laughs) It just, it was just, I mean, I think it looked bad for the league. Uh, It looked bad, whoever was watching. I mean, but it's just, no. It, that that can happen, as you said, I don't, John. I don't think it's, we've ever seen anything of that type of thing. It's like, oh well, yeah. you know, when ba- you know Major League Baseball, we're up, we're up by five. Let's just swing for no uh, ten, but let's just swing for no particular reason at the ball. Uh, I know, seriously, please, by all means, let Malachi or Quinton get another touchdown. Don't <laughs> kneel, seriously. Well, they were out though. That's the thing too is that you know, Quinton nor Malachi, you know, Malachi didn't even get a single reception. Quinton got one. You know, I was trying to look up the uh, up the stats. You know, Grady and Espinosa combined were nine for thirteen. Yeah, they were. <laughs> That's <What>? it. <laughs> that a lot of defensive it. scoring. Yeah, but yeah, there were a lot of defensive scoring, but still, and it's three three rushing touchdowns there as well for yeah. Albany. And I don't think it really mattered who was starting for Baltimore, where which of the Shanes. Either way, just absolutely horrible, horrible on their end. Um, yeah, that was bad. Uh, I was wondering, sort of going into this game, I mean. Baltimore essentially didn't have a shot. I liked the Shane Morris start. I thought it was the way to go because you know what you're getting with Shane Boyd. Yep. Shane Morris at least gives you that like magic element of this young gun potentially doing something crazy in the playoffs. But by the end of the game, I just kept thinking, I wish they had just like signed someone. I think we, I maybe even mentioned this on the show last week. Just like the Kyle Rowley Columbus Destroyers finale game just proves that when you grab a guy off the street, sometimes some magic might happen. Uh-huh. And they could have I, they could have even signed him, I guess, right? Or is he, like, on no. contract still? No, I have they, no they idea. Could, they could have. They, well, Columbus would have had to have released him. He still, right. You know, Baltimore would have had to given up something if they really wanted him. Let's put it that way. And honestly, like, I mean, I guess they just didn't believe they had a chance. <laughs> I mean, they, um, they could but, have signed Jason Boltus. Yeah, they could have done anything. But the Shane Morris... The Shane Morris start, I think, was great for a couple reasons, and I think one of the big reasons is that they do see him as a future starter in the league, so getting him playoff snaps is a pretty great idea. It just didn't play out in any way that was effective whatsoever. No, not at, not at all. Uh, um, Joe Hills did uh, increase his playoff uh, uh, can, uh, playoff streak of consecutive games with a receiving touchdown he's now the still the, he's now the active leader he's not the overall <laughs> leader but he's the active leader at 12 um it's funny too during what, what is it near the end of the game i think guys joe just seemed to get pissed off at something he didn't seem to be very happy at all i don't know that's pretty unusual for joe hills well <laughs> <laughs> um but <laughs> oh man um <laughs> Moving on, moving on, <laughs> um, moving on to the second game, which was on Sunday. And Ben, I know you were there. Philadelphia, Washington. This was actually a better game to watch if you're looking for a good game to watch on. And I think you know, um, Ben, Washington seemed to come to play. It's just that yeah, just could not really catch up. I mean, especially with the you know, taking of Aaron Wash off of uh, uh, that was a huge thing for Philadelphia. That was a surprise that everybody saw. But I mean. Uh, Arvell Nelson did what he what he could to do to try to keep this this uh, team in the uh, uh, in the game itself. And uh, but you know obviously with when you were ba- as back as as much as they were really didn't really matter anymore. But uh, I mean overall from what you saw since you were there it was a good game though, right? 
It was a great game, but I, I think an aspect of this game is more depressing than... I mean, the Baltimore thing is like an abject disaster. It's like hard to even be sad about it. It's just like, wow, what a terrible train wreck that was. Yeah. This was like, to me, more disappointing because it was a really good game, but it was an incredibly hollow feeling being in the stadium. It was like, what are we rooting for? Like, you know, what are we... You know, what's ideal here? Because if Washington wins, it's weird because they're not going to make it to the Arena Bowl anyway. Philly winning was great, good for the energy, but even on the PA announcements, they were waiting until, you know, 30 seconds left or something to announce that Philly had made it, even though, obviously, they had by halftime. And that just made this playoff game feel very hollow in a weird way. It was like, wow, I love this game. I want to be excited about this game, but there's just nothing to actually be excited about because it doesn't actually mean anything. I mean, Ben, I feel like that totally reinforces how the playoff and the aggregate scoring scenario here this year has just fell apart in it, you know so to speak yeah definitely oh it had harrison to- you were there too yeah yes, sir yeah no ben honestly bro you hit the nail on the head like the whole game i mean i really didn't have any you know thoughts that valor could come back it just felt really pointless and and like you said the fans were like honestly into it like because in, in theory, it's like kind of the conference championship game. Like it's the week before right. the Arena Bowl. The Solar trying to make it. Like everyone was pretty excited. And it's just like, guys, we're up by 70. Like, we're <laughs> right. good. Like, right. And they didn't even say home. that anywhere like, in the stadium. Right. No, it, it was it was a little rough. I mean, it was a competitive game. Honestly, I wish that had been the first game. I wish that oh, that had happened in yeah. Washington. It would have been a great series. I mean, we would have had a great yeah. game going back to Philly. But instead, I mean, it, it switched. There's the blowout in game one and the competitive. It was really weird. I mean, if the Valor had won, it would have been, like, extremely awkward to be like, yeah. have to explain it to the fans. Like, all right, right, we lost, guys, but we're still going to the Arena Bowl. Come out. <laughs> yeah. Make sure you're yeah. there. Yeah. The aggregate scoring stuff wasn't even mentioned anywhere. Nope. Like, last year, because the games were close, because the game one games were close, the scoreboards had the aggregate score totals listed because it actually, like, was it mattered to the result of the second games but in this case just i mean because you want to keep fans interested they just left it off which i think was a good idea i guess but you know by the end i guess they just assumed philly had won so they made it and whether or not they understood aggregate scoring didn't matter but i was i was really impressed i think when you look at the difference between baltimore and washington it's it's that much more impressive what washington did because they came out in their pregame they were really hyped like more than I would ex- have expected a team to be hyped for a game that they almost had no chance of winning, essentially, with the aggregate score. And so I think from a coaching and player personnel perspective, Washington really showed us something in this game. I think that's maybe something to take away from Washington on this. Like they balled out to the end. They had high energy till the end. But now maybe the last five minutes they sort of died out. But up until then, I mean, even at halftime, they were they were still hyped. So, you know... I, I give credit to Washington still coming out of this game. Yeah, absolutely, man. And I'm telling you, I still give credit to Washington for this season compared oh, yeah, for to sure. the last two years. Mm-hmm. I, this night and day difference for me. Finally, Washington's like a real team and not just like a, a joke. Yeah. yeah. I, I think one of the pluses, though, I guess for you guys who were there was it was it seemed to be a normal arena football league game. There were six scores in the second quarter, including back to back kickoff returns or touchdowns. Uh, Epps going off for 56. I saw, I saw the highlights of that one. That was absolutely nuts. Absolutely crazy. I think, Ben, you got some great footage on that one, too, if I'm not Oh, decided, yeah, that so. was amazing. 
Um, what's your thought, guys, on because uh, obviously we saw what happened in the Albany game uh, with basically them all their stars going a half, but in this game, all the starters for for uh, for Philadelphia had to play all the way through. Uh, so it seemed does well, it, does that mm-hmm. give Philly a possible edge going into Sunday's game because. You know, Clint was Clint was talking about that in the locker room. Actually, he was saying that their philosophy was basically not to take your foot off the pedal at all. And this is coming from a guy who's won multiple arena bowls, so he like knows how this works (laughs) in terms of team morale, momentum. He gets it. So I think from Clint's perspective, it was just a let's not let up at all. you know, in some ways, it's a little bit surprising that Albany did, but I totally get why. But Clint's just a different coach coming at it with a different philosophy, and he decided we're playing the whole game. And, you know, to add to that, the game that Philly played was very precise, very, like, precision strike mm-hmm. for for the amount of receptions the receivers had and the lack of yards compared to Philly winning this game and... uh I mean, I'm just shocked. It it kind of boasts well for Philly's performance in the Arena Bowl. It, to have Darius Prince with only six receptions and three touchdowns. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Yeah. Very efficient. Yeah, it, it's it's going to be, I still think it's going to be one hell of a game. And uh, I, sure. I know we'll, we'll talk about that here in a, in a couple of minutes. But um, I have to at least mention it, guys. You know, as of Tuesday, the, the line, obviously the game will be on, on Sunday, 8 o'clock in Albany, between Philly and Albany. The early line as of Tuesday that came up on five dimes was uh, originally at Albany favored by nine and a half. It's currently down to, to nine points. <laughs> what, oh, with an, over, with an over-under of 96. Um, what, <laughs> what's your thought on this line, guys? Because I, I look at it, I'm, I'm surprised, but I'm not, because I, I think it kind of gives... It's not giving Philadelphia any respect at all, um, Harrison. When you when you saw that, when we sent that on social media at first, what was your thought when you saw what the line was going to be? Yeah, when I saw that, I was like, dude, if I wasn't like a little kid, like nineteen, I'll put money on that. Like nine and a half is really like a great line for someone that's looking to put money on this game. I'd I'd honestly bet on the soul. I think it's it's going to be a close game. It definitely was a little disrespectful. I thought that was kind of funny, Ryan. I. I thought it would be, I thought it would have been closer as well, uh, considering how these two teams are have, are so evenly matched in all units of the game. I, I thought it would be a little bit closer, um, but the line is what it is. Yeah, Ben. Well, like we were discussing before the show, John had brought up the concept that like, well, nine points is really just a, you know a score and a a field goal. Not that anyone kicks field goals, but um, yeah. it's really not. A crazy line like it's it's not like they're saying you know the soul have no shot you know nine points is pretty low in the afl where there's way more scoring it's not you know nine points is a little bit different of a line in the nfl um so i don't think it's crazy i think you know it's fine for philly to have a little bit of disrespect i think that usually helps teams more than it hurts them so i think i'm okay with the line but like harrison said i would definitely bet on the soul i would take that line for sure yeah john well like Ben said, that I said earlier Sorry. on. Sorry about that, John. No, no, no. I didn't mean to take your take. No, actually, you were giving me time to do something else. Okay, And good. I was looking at take every game that Philly and Albany have had since 2018. And the average in differential, no matter who won, is roughly 11 and a half. Damn. Mm. 
So if you took uh, six, seven, if you took their last seven meetings and divided it by the numbers I came up with, it's roughly 11 and a half. Yeah. Okay. So I think it's pretty close. Field goal, touchdown, Albany's doing really well this season. It doesn't surprise me that they're favored. I honestly think when I, considering that these two histories of the two teams, that it would have been, I thought it would have been about seven points, at least a touchdown, but at least it wasn't what it was during the playoffs for Albany. I think Albany at one point was favored like 17 points or something like that over Baltimore. I don't remember what it was when we, when we last talked about it last week, but um so the uh, so the Arena Football League started to announce all of their awards, and um, I think a lot of them we really haven't had much contention at all, especially you know between Ben and John and myself. But I know we had a couple of issues when it came to um, the first and second team awards. Um, I don't know if either any of you guys have them up, but. When it comes to the first, yeah, how dare you, Tim? Sorry. I need to pull up a web page now. God, and God forbid, I haven't put them yet up on the website. I should have. Oh, uh, Tim. Actually, he just forbade it, yeah. so you've been. Yeah, you're forbidden. Okay. Well, on to the next segment. Um, so, <laughs> um, what was I'm trying, to, I'm trying to see? I'm trying to find it too. So, God forbid we go to arenafootball.com. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> Where'd you find it? On the arena football page. Oh, really? Okay. Yep. That's cool. They actually have content. Let's see. Where'd you find that? Uh, I just found it. I just went to the news page. News. I've never gone here. Well, well <laughs> everyone <laughs> scrambles right news? now. News. What's news? I want to make an update while everyone scrambles. Uh, I reran my math for what I said about the eleven-point differential. It's actually come down. It's in the last eight meetings between Philadelphia and Albany. Last seven meetings. Seven, my bad. Last seven meetings, it's a 10.25. Huh. Interesting. Yes. Oh, I guess it's about more. Yeah. Okay. I would bet on Philly. So Yeah, take that anyway. You heard it here first. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> take it take it to take it to the uh take it to the sports book. Um you do New York now. <laughs> any, so any issues with the if somebody who you felt that should have been on the first team rather than on the second, and by the way, what I found very interesting is how they actually gave the point totals. That's something that never we've never seen before in the public. Uh, you know how many points you know somebody got for being on the first team and second team, and how they came to a, you know a grand a total grand right. points. So, what um, uh, you know, it's, while you guys are looking, my my issue uh, was Darius Prince. I think Darius Prince should have been on the second team. Um, and I honestly think that uh, Lamarck Brown should have been uh, on the first team. Wow, that's a hot take, Tim. Uh, I don't even know how to handle that. I gotta get and, some gloves on. And I completely and I completely understand that that you know Darius. No respect. Had, that Darius DP. had more points. That was more point, more yardage. But I, I don't know. I, I you know it, it's just like with the league. And this is what we're going to be talking about in a minute too. You know about Antoine Grant getting the co-rookie of the year. I think that. That's just a cop out. Um, but anybody else have any issues with uh, where somebody was placed? Ferns probably could have been first team. Ever a lot of people argued about Ferns and Benson for the fullback. Yeah, that's they, a tough they, one. They, they had similar years. I, di- I didn't mind it. I thought uh, that Benson, you know, he's the veteran, so I understand that. Yeah, it's hard to take great issue with any player here. I mean, they're all. Oh yeah, they are. But I, it's... I would say I think that Antoine should have made first team. Okay. 
Yeah. But who does he replace there, yeah, who Prince? Yeah, replace Darius? Is that what I think saying? he replaces Darius. I think mm-hmm. he replaces Darius because of his yards, his number of receptions, uh, his average per game, and his yards per game. Because they didn't play the same number of games. That's true. Yeah, Antoine did miss some games. Yeah. That's hmm. true. I, think I mean, that it. might be a hot take, too. But if we're well, going with hot well, that was well positioned though. That oh was, well, thank you, know, you, thank you. That's an interesting concept. I don't know. I'm having trouble getting angry about anything on this list. I think it's a pretty you're good. Right. Yeah, it is a good list. No, it is. Yeah. I'm trying to get angry about something, and I just can't. <laughs> Man, that's that's frustrated. unusual. Yeah, I can't find a take here. What I do don't know. Guys, what do you guys think? Maybe Joe Hill doesn't belong. I don't know. Shit. Mm. What about uh, what about, what about Tevin, Tevin Homer? Should he have been on the first team? Well, I, that was like the one thing I was thinking maybe, but it's like who does he replace here? Does he replace Varma? And it's like, uh, I don't know. I feel like he was sort of the anchor of that secondary in Columbus, a team that was really up against it all season. So uh, it's, it would be hard to replace him. I think something that is interesting about Tevin Homer in general is that he's become so hot recently. You know, if this voting happened today – for not only all arena, but for you know even the year-end awards, I think he would be considered potentially for the rookie award. I'm not sure when the last time that happened was for a defensive player to win that, but um, I, I mean he absolutely has broken out. So there's something to be said about that for sure. I'm just not sure if you look at the first and second teams who he would replace here. I know, yeah, and, and it's funny you look at the points on how it was broken down and. You know, even we say we think you know player A should have you know, should have been in the place of player B. The the way that the media the way that the media voted, it wasn't even close. You know, for some of these, you know, they the guys who were on first team had the most points. It wasn't even close to some of these guys on the second team, where it's like you know a difference of one or two points. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. So, um, yeah, <laughs> but as I said, it's it's always subjective. You know, at least at least it's it's more team, but. What, what can, any, I, can I jump in? Yeah. Can I jump in real quick? Yeah, I'm sorry. Um, deliver I, I, us a hot take, please. please. Oh, I will deliver you a hot take. Nice and fresh, too. Straight out of the oven. Let's go. All right. So I think Mo, Mo Ruffins, uh, for what he did with the Empire this year, he replaced Hayworth Hicks on, like I think, the third play of the season on offense, and he's been a stalwart every single game on that offensive line. And Apostle Plus, yeah, I think he caught a touchdown as well in the uh, Washington Washington game when they had that huge comeback. So okay, I, I – yeah. So if I if I were to change put give one more vote if for first team it would have been it would have been Mo Ruffins replacing Jordan either yeah I think replacing Jordan yeah Jordan's not going to be not, not going to be happy with that but I don't I don't think he cares I think he's just I think he's happy enough getting the arena bowl for a second straight season <laughs> yeah. by the way John to answer your question Marvin Ross uh, won it in 2016 and Greg Reed won it in 2015 ah. that's cool. So they're not they're not opposed to putting you know it's not always offensive guys who win right, right. Who win rookie of the year unless you happen to have this year where you have two guys win rookie of the year let you know what let let's talk about that <laughs> please Jim I feel like you hate this and I want I, to, come on because... I, it's like come on it, if you can do point now they didn't break the points down or anything like that like they did for the first and second teams but if you're going to choose a rookie of the year choose one. I want to know how close this actually was. Was it just the fact that oh well we can't choose it was a, it was actually a tie, or is it like well you know Grant's come on quite a bit during the second half of the season and uh, but we can't forget about Fabian type of thing. So let's get it, let's give it to them both. 
it's you know, like it, it, it's like it's like when the league gave two two coaching uh, it was co coaches of the year awards a couple years back. It's like I said, there should be a defensive rookie and an offensive rookie. Yeah, and, and you know, look, who tweeted that on on social media too? Who was that? It was a defensive probably player. Coffee. Huh? Probably coffee. Probably. Coffee. No, no, no. It was a player. Yeah, probably. <laughs> it was a player. Oh, uh, well. I mean, Grant tweeted that we should put together a list of the top 25. Right. Um, but what I was going to say is that Guerra and Grant both have great reasons to be rookies of the year in their own rights. Uh, but, you know, if we see rookie of the year for defensive player, which we don't, maybe we will next year. I hope we do. I would want to see that go to someone like Tevin Homer or possibly Keontae Northington. Okay. Yeah. 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 I, I I mean Harrison Ryan. Do you, does it irk you at, at all that they just didn't decide on one player? Uh, I I understand that. I mean they both did really have good years, but I was kind of hoping that they were going to pick one because I felt like that and defensive player of the year with Powell and Romaine. I felt like Grant and Guerra was that other kind of premier matchup where we're like, well, we're not really sure because they both had good years. So I felt like it was kind of a cop out. But at the same time, I def- I'm glad Antoine Grant got recognized because yeah. um, he mm-hmm. had been my pick, but I kind of was I, like, just logically, Garrett had more kick returns, just a little bit more like explosive this year, was a little bit more well-known and stuff like that. So I thought it was going to be Guerra, but I was excited to see Grant get recognized too. So I personally wasn't mad, but I didn't like that they kind of just glommed them together. Ryan? You know, it, they both played very well this year. Uh, they both had, I think they played both played with the same amount of games because Grant got hurt and Guerra was suspended for the last game of the season, if I remember correctly, right? Yeah, Guerra was suspended, yes. Yeah. Okay. So I, I, I know Grant, I know Guerra had the most, the more, they had, he had more uh, special teams touchdowns with the kickoff returns, but Grant also tied his team, in the, I think he, was he, did he tie his team in receptions with uh, Lamarck Brown? So I'm okay with it. I, I know I probably the, the the system needs to be changed for rookie of the year. I wish there was a defensive rookie of the year because I would definitely pump uh, Tevin Homer's tires uh, for sure. Uh, but I'm okay with it with, with co rookies of the year. I mean, how would you guys feel really if the league? Because we this can still happen. Well, how would you feel if the league did this for MVP? <laughs> because technically, this year you you do have that situation where it could be a a Tommy Grady. And in Arvell Nelson as co MVPs. I mean, would that or Malachi Jones? Or yeah, or Malachi Jones. But does it make it worse? We're not saying it's going to happen because we're going to find out in two days, uh, you know, from taping this that when who's going to be the uh, uh, MVP? Well, I think if there's a legitimate tie in voting, they have to present it as a tie. I don't like that's what the NFL did when. Um, Steve McNair and Peyton Manning won it. They just gave them co-MVPs. Oh, that's right. I forgot about so that. So it's not impossible. If that's leg- if that's really what happened with Guerra and Grant, then cool. I think that's great. You know, I, I don't... Uh, the tie sort of takes some wind out of it, but we also have to remember there's very few players in the AFL because there's so few teams. So there's this. these are still all-star teams, basically. Every team has you know, the best players that would be on individual teams if there were way more players in the league. So it kind of makes sense that these are very hard to choose more than usual. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, I I mean, I don't love the co thing. I think if you're, you know, saying someone is most valuable, they should really be the most valuable. But I don't think I would love to see it unless it was a tie. Okay. Legit tie. 
Well, Friday is going to be the big awards with uh, Offensive Player of the Year, MVP, and Defensive Player of the Year. Right. So, I think I think our I believe our Bell will win Offensive Player of the Year because he was so instrumental in every single score for the for the Valor on offense. Um, but it could be a different story with MVP. So they could both get awards this day uh, on Friday. Oh. You could see that. Oh, well, we all we all I know. Really come around to the idea that our Bell is is the. I mean, in my opinion, the MVP and Grady is the offensive player of the year. I don't know. I don't know. It's really hard to choose. Because if you think of Arvell's significance to his team, I mean, obviously, Grady's like the GOAT. So, like, he is that essential piece to the Empire, too. But Arvell carrying the team in so many ways where the Empire have all these targets that can do, you know, a lot of gadgetry and and spread the ball around in quite a few places. Arvell was shouldering so much. Isn't that what defines the MVP? You know what I'm saying? It, no, it's yeah, and that's I think why fair. I yeah, that's why I went with Arvell. Even as I said, even as we found out last week was said, said Bonham chose. He even said himself that he chose when with his choice, he chose uh, Arvell also to be MVP. Um, of the other other uh, awards that were announced this year, uh, any any issues with defensive back, uh, defensive back or offen- uh, defensive back of the year with James Romain? I don't think there's any question there, right, guys? No, you know, I think that most of the awards given out shadowed or we shadowed what the league uh, thought of all the players this season. So far, yeah. Yeah, so far, absolutely. Yeah. I was pretty frustrated with the medical partner of the year. I don't think, <laughs> I don't think reconstructive orthopedics had a Support great Support staff of the year. Oh, yeah. man, I'm so dismayed. You uh, got, you're given restru- you know, reconstructive orthopedics an award and, and Hippard and... <laughs> I mean, and Warren these Smith. Quarterbacks both went down. This is this is total BS, guys. <laughs> uh, but but well, I'm pissed. Reconstructive orthopedics <laughs> did both teams though. Exactly, and look what happened to the soul. They had like you know plenty of guys drop. I'm sick. I think this is all in good fun and sarcasm. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, pissed. <laughs> I can feel the I can feel the anger from here. It's very palpable. <laughs> um, what about uh, any issues with kicker of the year? Nah, uh, no, no. Yeah. Ryan, didn't you pick Mark Lewis? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe D lineman of the year. Uh, Joe Sykes was given it. Cato Bishop had a good year. Lawrence had a good year. They both have more sacks, but Sykes the veteran. So that that's one that maybe could have been a different guy. Yeah, that's a good point. Wow, Sykes having won it. How many times has he won it? One, two, three, four. He's won it yeah. five times. I he's mean, the best D lineman in the league. Five times. Five yes. times. <laughs> he he had some seriously intimidating plays this season that I witnessed in person. So I don't think there's any issue with Joe Sykes being oh, the lineman def- of the year. No, definitely. I mean, he's a good player. It's just statistically you could make the argument. But no, he's the best D lineman sure. in the league, and he has been for years. And, and we'll always talk about. It. They always say it's all. It's it's not always all about statistics. And, but you know, I, uh, I again, I have no problem. By the way, yeah, Ryan, yeah, you you did pick Mark Lewis for kicker. <laughs> Kill homage. You're gonna have to answer for that in hell. Ooh, wait a minute, Brian. On Saturday. No, I'll, I'll listen to <laughs> first. I was about to say, Ryan, do you speak French? What? I what? Six years. Wow. Oh, six. Six years of in high school. Damn, you went to high school for six years? <laughs> yes, it was the best medical high school ever. <laughs> Man. Miserable. 
It's, he's, he's getting that little bit of that uh, little bit of that French is seeping down from the border. I think. I think that's what. It's, uh, yeah. I think it's, yeah. that's what's happening. So. Uh, I haven't cut my cuss words yet, though. So watch out. <laughs> so any surprises over the next two days for these big awards uh, that would surprise you the most for any of the? I know we've already given our awards, and they are all, they're available over on arenafan.com. Get over to our uh, over to the. Uh, uh, news uh, news tab and go down to press releases. It's down there. Any any surprises that would totally blow your mind if somebody was chosen as one of the next you know one of the big awards, Ben? Yeah, I think if Danny Southwick wins MVP, oh, I think I would be pretty surprised. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'd be taken I back. Not for even sure. ask that question. Maybe I understand it, but uh, um. I should not even ask that question. <laughs> uh, anybody? Uh, how about that? I just leave it to open to anybody. <laughs> Ben, I think Romain should win Defensive Player of the Year. I think it would be a mistake if they if they went with someone else. I think Romain should be the guy who wins Defensive Player of the Year. Yeah, I agree. I'm trying to think of who. Yeah, it's like there's no real dark horses. You know what? I would not be now seeing what they did with the Rookie of the Year. I would not be surprised at all if they went with a co-MVP. Can they <laughs> for two awards, though? That would be so lame. I Agreed. That would be very lame. I agree, yeah. and I'm. I would. I would say I want to. I want to see the numbers. I want to see the hanging chads. Come on, let me see. Well, hold up, hold up, hold up. So, if they gave co MVP, let's just hypothetical. Okay. If they gave co MVP to Grady and Arvell, that to me would tell me that offensive player of the year would be someone else. Not necessarily. Like they don't have a, well, because I don't think there's a reason to. If they're basically just trying to hand out trophies, which is what we're hypothetically saying right now wait wait let me stop you here but i'm gonna let you continue i think <laughs> that i'm gonna let you finish but look ben your, your think... video is absolutely amazing <laughs> <laughs> but i want to tell you that john that... Star- john stark's album was a lot better <laughs> i think that they'll give mvp last so i don't think that we're going to have a shocker with co-MVP first. Ben, go on. I'm sorry. No, yeah. I mean, I was just basically saying that if if the idea that we're saying is they may hand out this trophy because they can't choose between Grady and Arvell, I only think that would happen if Offensive Player of the Year was a different player. Because if, if Arvell and Grady respectively win MVP and Offensive Player of the Year, they've both given those guys an honor that's, like, really high – and I don't think there's a reason to split any of them at that point. I, I understand the Rookie of the Year one because that was a seriously difficult single award to choose. This they have to. Honestly, in the past, every time this happens in the AFL, I always sort of look at it that way. The Offensive Player of the Year and the MVP are given these awards respective to just like, well, who had the slight nudge? Because they're both really possibly MVP, but maybe one of them can be Offensive Player of the Year. So I think that's usually how the AFL distributes these awards, right, to be honest. Are you so. on crack, Ben? <laughs> you think I'm talking too fast? Uh, no. <laughs> Have you seen and read the recent trend for MVP and Offensive Player of the Year? It's usually the same person. Goes back as early as 2017 where Hip got yeah, both. But yeah, these are cases where that is a clear-cut but, I mean, this is a, not a clear-cut year. In previous clear-cut years, or uh, in previous years where it was a very contentious award, that's that was my perspective on how they distributed it. When it's an obvious no-brainer of an offensive player being MVP, yeah, it makes it, it makes no sense not to give them offensive player of the year. 
And not only that, in 2017, there were only five teams. In 2018, there were only four teams. So there were less candidates to choose from. Yeah. We've got kind of a rare situation, too, where Grady and Arvell are, like, completely different players. Okay. What they, about 2015 yeah. and got came, came away with both? Yeah. Damn, went crazy. Well, I think there was no question. Yeah. Damn, went crazy. There must have been no question. I mean, He went cuckoo crazy, Tim. <laughs> I, 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 I've always felt that it, it needs to. I agree with you. I think it needs to be two different people, you know, for offensive and for MVP. Um, I don't. I hope they don't do. It. I hope they don't do a co MVP. But I, the way I'm looking at it, you know, said again what said mentioned last week him what how he chose his MVP. I, I, I honestly see it happening. I see it happening. But then again, it would be who would you give? Offensive player there. Would it go to Malachi? Would it go to somebody else? Who who would you? Okay, let's say I said. Well, let's continue with what you're what you're saying, Ben. You're you know, if they do give a co MVP, who would you give the offensive to? Anybody? Mm, anybody? That's a great question. Would you give it to Malachi? I would give it to Lamarck Brown. Ooh, it's a spicy meatball. It's gotta be. I remember in the first show we did, John. I was desperate to get your your like catchphrase to be, and that's a spicy meatball. <laughs> It never I did landed, say it once but... or twice, though. I did. And it's fulfilling to hear it. So, anyway, <laughs> go on. No, I, I would give it to Lamarck Brown uh, if we were going to have to choose somebody else. You would not. You would give it to him over Grant? Well, Grant won Rookie of the Year. We're just ignoring Quinn Sims right now. And it's I'm about saying, I'm about saying Q? Yeah. I'm dying inside. Yeah. You're dying inside. Man. I need Q to get recognized this year. Can I get an amen from someone on that? Amen. I mean, he's been amen. unbelievable. You're right. You're right. I mean, total yeah. game-changing standout over many I, I, years. Unfortunately for Q, he always seems to be on a team where he is a number two. I know. But this year, there was some interesting stuff that happened in the second half of the season with Albany's air attack. I mean, I would have, I, I would look at Sims as the number one in the second half of the season. I agree. And I, yeah, he was being used as that the number consistent one. deep threat, yeah. chuck it up, you know, that kind of player. Yeah. So, uh, and it was nice to see. It's great. I mean, I just, and I feel bad that he just got sort of unlucky with the way everything's turning out this year that I don't think he's going to win any awards. It's just, it's a shame because he's leading the league. By the way, in 2017, when he was with Cleveland, he only came away with the second team all arena as a wide receiver. Break my heart. With Colin Taylor. Yeah. So. It's so tough, guys. Look, there's so little awards and so many great performers this season. I mean, we're almost taking for granted how amazing of a group of top 10 or 15 or even 20 receivers we had this year. I mean, it's unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, There's Joe so... Powell had a reception. Oh, man. That's true. That Iron is man. true. Iron Man. The, but there's been so many standout guys this year, you know, compared to the last two years. Yeah, I think so. I think everyone's got like a really consistent, uh, like tr- at least a trio of receivers on most teams. Yeah. And, it, and honestly, those receivers really shape the brands of those teams, which I really like. Um, I, I feel like the the receivers more than uh, – I mean, maybe this was always the case, but the receivers sort of set the tone of the personality of the team a little bit. Uh, maybe less so with DC because Arvell is so, such a personality. But, um, you know, Grady's a blank slate. <laughs> Rodabaugh is not like a huge personality guy, so – you know, a lot of the a lot of the attitude of the team is either dictated by the defense or the receivers. So I think it's been a fun year in that regard. Oh yeah, it has. I mean, even it's funny. 
I think John, you mentioned is that we're still uh, summarily a an all star league still, even though it is six teams. But sure, uh, it's going to be interesting to see whether it be eight or ten teams in twenty twenty. Uh, you know, with some of that, some of these quarterbacks where they are now, who's going to be quarterbacks? Who's going to be the starters for these? And I know we've we've talked this at length last week when it came to quarterbacks. But um, again, I'm 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 not going to be surprised if we have co MVPs uh, at all at all the way that the way that it's going. So. Um, so, uh, obviously we got the, the game coming up on, on, um, excuse me, on Sunday. Which game? Uh, I think it's Arena Bowl. Arena Bowl. Uh, is, uh, I don't know. Is it actually? Uh, Hold on. Let me check. Arena Football. Uh, arena Bowl. Yeah. Uh, these numbers say 32 on it. Okay. Not, oh, you still have Roman numerals on ArenaFan.com. Oh, How dare you? oh, yeah. I do see that there. I dare you. You're right. I'm so glad we're done with Roman numerals. Uh, I know. I'm yeah. too. I have no clue. I always just guess. Not easy to read. <laughs> you know what's really funny? This is a total aside. So I never uploaded any 50-yard dash stuff to YouTube ex- like until this season. Yeah. And the only video I'd put up there was Arena Ball 30, which was XXX. <laughs> and it got like over 1,000 views with no tagging, no nothing. I think people just search XXX looking for like, YouTube porn. They found you, Benny. And they found me. Wow. They're going to find some arena football porn instead. To be yeah, so, so all that scoring. It did work out to a point. I never <laughs> thought about that. <laughs> I never thought about that at all. Um, the league did announce the schedule for the for the uh, arena bowl uh, and uh, what's going to be happening uh, this this current weekend. I'm trying to bring it up here. Um, they did actually announce what the uh, broadcast team is going to be. And I, I actually think they, they chose a, a pretty good team. I don't know if you guys have any issues. I know you guys have watched most of the games this year on the AFL Network. Um, but uh, it's going to be uh, John Mita Perel and Sed Bonner. And then on the sideline, they've actually recruited J.J. Raderink and they're bringing Ethmer and Meredith Gorman to do the sideline reporting. Um, Eric and Dan snubbed again. <laughs> I'm sure they will be involved in some way, shape, or form. I wouldn't be surprised. Snubbed again. I wouldn't be surprised. So, um, it's funny. that's that's got to not feel great. But actually, I mean, only, I, I, I'm a huge fan of those guys, and I just wish they were out there for it. The only person who actually ha- is having his streak broken, I think, is Ari Wolf because he wasn't involved at all this year. Right? Oh yeah, that's pretty mm-hmm. sad. Yeah, he, that is he, sad. he wasn't involved at all. Yeah, but that, hopefully, that's disappointing. Yeah. Hopefully, he'll be back next year because obviously, if you have more teams, you need more, you need more uh, broadcast teams, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, yeah. the. Here it is, press release. I'm trying to find here. It's schedule. So, um, so what they are announcing is that uh, there's going to be an award ceremony on Saturday that is not open to the public. Uh, it will be open to media only, and it will be at the arena. Uh, it will be uh, awards and, I guess, media day. Because funny, they, don't, they never mention the word media day in this at all, which I thought was a little strange, but still. No respect for the media. Um, the only thing I can say, guys, is I am just can't wait to hear Jaws's speech. Everything, just for the past couple of years, just hear his hype, his hype machine is just amazing, just hearing him talk. So I can't wait for, it, for him to, to actually do what he's going to do. So Tim, the way you started that off, I thought you were going to say you just couldn't wait to be king. <laughs> you know, you were like, I just can't <laughs> wait. <laughs> Tim, what do you think of the new Lion King? king? Well, you can, my middle name is Simba. So, whoa, wait, whoa. Are you serious? Really? No, 
No. Oh. Fuck! Oh, cursing. I wanted that to be true so bad. No, Tim, you can't do that. What is your middle name? Capper. Michael. Tim, Simba, Michael. <laughs> Simba. <laughs> yeah, Simba's my Catholic name. Um, <laughs> um, it's Michael, you said? Yes. Yeah. Tim, Mike. That's yeah. an interesting duo of names. It is my Tim, it is Michael? Seriously. Seriously. That's my middle name as well. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Is your other middle name Simba? No, his, his middle name is Nala. No, I was going to say oh. my middle name is Mufasa. Mufasa. <laughs> At this point, we're culturally appropriating African culture, and this is becoming an uncomfortable environment for me. So, Rikishi. Um, <laughs> Please, we need this to be a safe we space. We are, and we digress. And uh, also, Touchdown Eddie Brown is going to be showing up. He's going to be the uh, going to be the honorary captain for the game. Um, and as they mentioned here, we mentioned at the top of the show, just ten days shy of the twenty year anniversary of the Firebirds Arena Bowl uh, thirteen championship. Um, I'm curious to know if he's going to make the entrance that he made last time, guys. Uh, that was a hell of a hell of an entrance <laughs> that he made when they maybe. When they, I have some insider info. It's possible. Oh, oh, interesting. Okay, are they gonna are they gonna retire his jersey again? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just like they did Kurt Warner twice. So, um, also, uh, I was trying to look these guys up because, you know, we throughout the year we've complained about certain referees. They were like they don't even deserve to be refereeing or being officials in the in league this year. They also they don't not, deserve to be employed. Yeah, they, they, they announced the officiating crew. And I couldn't remember or not. Riley Johnson is going to be the ref. Rick Lowe, who, by the way, got the... Uh, got the uh, uh, got the official of the year. He's uh, 20 years with the Arena Football League. He's been named the umpire. Uh, Mark Bobos is going to be the head lineman. Uh, Matt Kolkar is going to be the line judge, and Michael Griffith is going to be the back judge. I, did, was Riley wasn't one of those ones that were like, oh God, no. <laughs> was it? I can't remember. If we've ever because there was one in particular this year that we were not really happy about. I don't remember who it was. Yeah, same. To be honest, I, I don't know. Um, also, the big thing is, and is that uh, they're going to be starting the, uh, the, the post game party. Uh, it may start at three. Uh, they are going to be starting the, the uh, block party at three. Five. Well, they're they're trying to time people's blackouts to be like to, right at kickoff. <laughs> Five hours, man. <laughs> and they say I'll be browning out by pregame. And so they said some special. Uh, 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 was it in the 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 Malachi thing? Oh, uh, I'll talk about it here in a minute. Uh, they talk about a special guest showing up, whatever that, whatever that means. Um, but also, they said uh, vendors, uh, Empire merch. I'm hoping that they have some, at least some uh, Arena Bowl merch. Would be nice. I believe there is a shirt design on Philadelphia's website that should give you a good idea of what the Arena Bowl T-shirt looks like. Yeah, it's on their homepage. Oh, really? Gear up for the Arena Bowl. Oh, really? Get ready for the big game with this exclusive matchup T-shirt. Oh, Click here. Oh, okay. That's where that came from. Okay. Some okay. limited quantities are available. Why did you guys think, and I don't know how much you guys when it comes to merch and stuff like that, what were your thoughts on the uh, on the uh, locker room tees this year? I loved that they did that. Yeah? Uh, that the, They were apparently ordered like 60, so there weren't like a lot to go around. but uh, And they like ran out of the right sizes. But the idea was there. Um, I thought it was cool, and it was something that I – Maybe have they done that recently? I can't really think of the last time I saw that, but it, it makes the AFL feel even more legit. Like that's something that 
went at the AFL at its lowest point would not have prepared <laughs> shirts for that. <laughs> yeah. So it's nice yeah. to see that. Guys, anybody? I mean it's it's a pretty simple thing to do. I mean to yeah, be honest, I I, I I used to custom design and screen print my own shirts in quantities of around that number, 40 to 60, so it's not too difficult to take care of. Definitely easy. It's just like someone yeah. had to do it and I'm so glad someone did it. Yeah, definitely. Ryan Harrison, <laughs> I mean it's a plus. They look swaggy. And it was nice. Then they went with a simple arena bull bound type of thing. Yeah. So yeah, they look good. Disappointed that Albany Empire isn't selling them, but they're probably selling the game anyway. I wonder if they decided to do that after the first week because I doubt the AFL would print like the wrong team color shirts. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. But my my question to you was was where that was it? What did Phenom do these? I didn't see the Phenom logo on them. I doubt that. I don't see it either. Yeah, I don't think Phenom made these. Because seeing the T-shirts kind of reminded me back, and I think it was for, uh, I don't, I can't remember. I don't know if you would remember this, Ryan, or not, but it was after the, after the Firebirds clinched to go to Arena Bowl 13. Uh, for some reason, somebody screwed up and <laughs> and put the championship merch out uh, for the players out for sale for the general public. <laughs> oh my! That's a oh major my. screw up. So That's it was. Awesome. So it was uh, the caps at the time, whatever style it was, and the shirts. And some people got got a hold of them before they were uh, before they were pulled. So I, I wasn't. I didn't. I wasn't able to grab one. So, but. Um, no, I, I was happy to see that type of thing. I'm just hoping, you know, that the general merch is, is available for uh, for the fans because, uh, you know, let's hope it's, it's not a, a once in a 20 year thing for the city of Albany. But I mean, it's uh, it would be nice to have some merch to at least represent the game itself. So um, I, wa- I want to talk about um, what you guys think uh, when it comes to your arenable memories, because I know we all have some. But uh, what, before I do, I want to at least remind everybody that we are on social media. There are multiple places where you can find us. Uh, you can find us on social media over at uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. That's all slash Arena Fan. And also with the Arena Bowl coming up, we're hoping to put some more uh, some more pictures and some more things on our Instagram account. That is also at slash Arena Fan. Uh, if you want to listen to the archive of the AFL Tonight podcast, you can do so at a couple of places. You can do so over for the last three shows, up to the last three shows, over at our SoundCloud account. Or you can listen to it at Google Play Music, over at Apple Podcasts, or on Spotify. So, uh, Ryan, you put out a, a letter today uh, over at Arena Fan, and, and it was your, your letter to the Empire, and it gave your, your history as a fan when it came to the... Um, to your experience at the arena, well, your experience as an arena football league fan, and then your experience at Arena Bowl thirteen. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want one. I just want to hear want to hear one story that you guys may have when it comes to Arena Bowl. No matter if it was recent or if it was way back when, because I'm I'm sure Ryan and I can go way way back. Ben, you might be able to too. Um, but uh, just just a, a quick story that you remember specifically about Arena Bowl. So with that, I I'll start with Harrison actually. Uh, so the only Arena Bowl I've been to before Sunday, um, I went in 2013 to Orlando uh, when the Soul played the Rattlers, kind of at the the height of that rivalry. And I just remember them really being in that game, like they really had a shot to win that and uh, and upset the Rattlers, but they just they just couldn't get it done on the last drive. Um, but it was it was a pretty cool experience, man. I had never been to Orlando or anything like that. Um, the Amway Center was pretty cool. It was a good environment. Um, it was cool to just be at the Predators Field. And stuff like that. So yeah, that would be my best arena bowl memory. John, uh, I think 
the arena bowl that I met you, Tim, and it's not the first time that I had met Ben, but, um, 2017 actually when Philadelphia hosted the Tampa Bay Storm. Yes. That, yeah, that was a very good memory and uh I think I will cherish that for a while. I'm curious. I'm very surprised. I thought you would have actually said last year with the with your home team winning, but but you know, I guess it, it, we all have our our reasons for for the games that we're choosing here. I'll go with mine. Uh for I've been to God, I, this will be my 12th. Um and I think really my first one I'm going to remember will be my first. And this is this is something, I can't remember who I mentioned this to already, is that the thing I remember the most is that after after Albany clinched to go to the Arena Bowl, um, first thing that I did, and I, I didn't want to go on the field, didn't care about going on the field. I just want, I got in line specifically to get my Arena Bowl tickets because I knew, I said, no matter what, I'm making the trip again the, the week, the next week to see uh, to see Albany play, because to me Albany was where my uh, where my arena football experience and life started um, back in '94. So I felt that you know to top it, not necessarily to cap it, but to top it, uh, I had to I, ha- I had to go, and it was fun. And it's funny I saw pictures that Dave Williams posted. I had forgotten. I think yeah, Ryan, you mentioned this. I had forgotten that it rained. Oh yeah, it poured buckets that day. I totally forgot about that. Oh yeah. So, but so for me, it would be it would be Arena Bowl thirteen. Uh, ben, well, <clears throat> my uh, my journey with the Arena Bowl is a little bit complicated because I was a huge New York Dragons fan, as you know, yep. and they never made it. Um, <laughs> I was, you know, every year I felt we were getting a little bit closer, and then in two thousand eight, <laughs> <laughs> the conference championship. You know, I'm junior in high school. You know, I would say in the spring, the AFL was just all I thought about. Like me and my friend, we, we would just talk about it every day. My teachers had to watch the games just to like talk to us. And so, you know, it was just off the charts hype for this game against the Soul. And I think we all know what happened. Uh, Larry Brackens scored with with no time left. The Soul advanced and eventually won the Arena Bowl on a total BS. Uh, call even the dragons should have uh, eventually made day, it to the arena bowl. That was the first year that they had that they had uh, replay and they freaking blew it at replaying the playoffs. Oh, they used the replay and the replay failed them. So whatever, I was so pissed. I hated the soul so much. <laughs> I can't describe. I hated the soul more than any other like organization, like, but <laughs> professional sports or otherwise. So you know, flash forward, uh, you know, a few years later when I'm filming the league again. You know, the Dragons are gone. The Soul are the closest team to me. And I end up just sort of by convenience and chance just like falling in with the Soul people. You know, filming all their games in 2016 and just getting in close with all the players. And, and just that that hatred I had slowly started draining out of me, even though it was like almost 10 years later. And by 2017... I almost filmed like every soul game. I mean, I, I was at practice with them shooting. I was going to the games and I was like, almost felt like I was, you know, almost in the organization as like a staff member in a way. That's just like how I was treated by the team. And so by the time they made that arena bowl and they won that arena bowl, the, the same one that John picked in 2017. I mean, that was just an unbelievable sensation being in that locker room, the, the champagne, yeah. you know, getting in my eyes, celebrating with the players Everybody was just I mean, it was it was basically what I always dreamed to experience with the New York Dragons. But, 
you know, flash forward to later, I was almost just as happy. It was an unbelievable experience. And, and like Phil Bogle pouring champagne on my head and, and, you know, like telling me to take a selfie, like to get Man, that. I remember that. Yeah. I mean, that was just insane. And then going to the parade three days later and they presented the 50 yard short on, you know, at the parade with the team. And, and that experience just felt like a real culmination of, of just my fandom and, and interest in arena football overall. So I think I got to go with 2017. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I've been turned. Yeah. Ryan. Uh, obviously, obviously for me in 1999 is my uh, seminal moment as an arena football fan watching uh, the Firebirds win. But I want to take you to the week before against Arizona. And five years prior to 1994, I remember the Rattlers beating the Firebirds in the semifinal of the uh, – of the of of the playoffs, at home. I remember the at home. At home, yeah, I was there home. too. I was at that game too. So, uh, so seeing them beat Arizona and kind of releasing this, this kind of cathartic moment of them overcoming beating and handily beating Arizona uh, to get to where they need to go, and you could just kind of sense like the crowd could kind of sense that it was it's 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 our year. It's our year. We're going to see them. We're going to see them win, and. I remember the third quarter when they were shut. They were actually shut out in the third quarter, which was kind of surprising. Um, but then they they scored three touchdowns in the fourth quarter. Eddie Brown had the game of his life. Uh, I think they had 187 yards receiving and four touchdowns, and Pulaski threw seven touchdowns. And that last moment, when as as the far end zone, when on that final drive after the I think it was an onside kick, uh, Orlando attempted an onside kick to try to get the ball back. And Pulaski threw to Crick, and you see him. It, it just noticed. I just noticed that everybody held their breath when Crick caught the ball, kind of bowled it, and then fell forward and still had it in his hands. And then this release of 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 jubilation, uh, and that feeling just kind of kept. It stayed with me for a very long time. Uh, so, uh, so 1999 is my favorite memory, and I remember exiting the parking lot. And I'm playing right now by Van Halen on repeat. I got the I got the windows open. Everybody, I'm driving by everybody, going to their car. They're like, "Yeah, right now we won! Yeah!" And it was just a great moment for me as a fan because I had never seen a championship game live until that point, and that was just a great moment for me and uh, the friends I was with, and we got to share that moment. Uh, so that was my that's my that's my arena ball memory right there. That's cool. And I'm sure, uh, you know, you fans have your own. And if you, you want to let us know what they are, um, you can let us know over at our uh, Arena Bowl 32 thread over on the message boards. You can uh, send a message to us over on t- uh, a DM on Twitter or just send a regular message on Twitter. Um, or if you want, you can send uh, an email to me on behalf of the guys at tim.capper at arenafan.com. Um, so we got the game coming up here, guys. And then we've already mentioned what the, what the line is, uh, you know, with being a nine-point uh, a nine point uh, Albany's favored by nine points. Um, what um, what do you see uh, happening uh, uh, for this game? Where just just overall, Ben? Well, I think this is the best possible matchup that could have happened. I think it's an unbelievable match. I mean, I, I, I'm getting really excited about this game. Just just the the, the you know Grady versus Rodabaugh, You know the the receiving cores that are going against each other. It's so hype, you know, and, and seeing the previous matchup where, where Philly beat Albany, you know, that was such an exciting game. Yeah. 
And I can only hope for a game like that, where it's just extremely close to the end, the final play wins it. Like This Arena Bowl has the potential for being just an incredibly exciting experience for everyone. So, I, I mean, in terms of what I'm looking out for, I don't know. Both of these teams are so hot. It's really hard to... It's really hard to even pick Albany over Philly, although that's what I would do okay. in this situation just because I feel like you almost have to just with how well Albany's playing. But it, but it's really hard to do that because Philly is is just playing on another level right now. Yeah, uh, Harrison? Yeah, these two teams match up uh, really well in my opinion. I think it's honestly a more evenly matched game than maybe would be expected. I think the big discrepancy is going to be can the Souls defensive line generate some pressure on Grady and not many people have been able to do it all year. Obviously there was only two sacks on Grady all year, but if the soul can find a way to get some pressure on that really good offensive line, I think that'll help him out a lot. Um, like Ben mentioned, the receiving core matchups, they're both really good. Both receiving cores have so much talent and especially with Philly bringing Washa back. Oh, that's huge. Just, yeah. I mean, at the perfect coincidental time, obviously, I mean, it feels like they had a plan. It feels like they were like, we'll make the playoffs. We'll be good. Let's bring these two guys back for the playoffs. Um, Reynolds had that huge first game against Washington, and I feel like Washington could have another big one against Albany. So, I mean, I think it's going to be a really good game. I think these teams are evenly matched. I just, I think it's going to come down to can the soul get some pressure on Grady? Because if he can sit back there all day and make throws, I mean, Albany could put up a lot of points. Ryan? You know, it's, it's funny that Harrison mentioned the sacks, and I'm looking at the sacks right now, and Albany and Philly are 1-2 in sacks against this year. Albany allowed only two. Guess who, guess who those two were against? The Soul. And Philly allowed only four. But three of those sacks came against the Empire. So it's going to be an interesting matchup with the, offense, with the offensive and defensive lines. I think it's going to come down to Albany's secondary. And, and I've, I've been watching this team. That's my... In the roundtable prior to the season starting, I mentioned that I was very concerned because there were three new offensive, um, three new members of the secondary, and all of them are rookies. And right now, the lone survivors right now are Cheatham Norrells and Tevin Homer, and the aforementioned Tevin Homer from our last segment. And I've watched them; they've seen they've grown up. It's it's like it's like seeing a kid grow up before your eyes. You've seen you're seeing their progression throughout the entire season, especially with Homer. Homer led the, led the league in tackles. And he, right now he's leading the league in uh, inter- interceptions for the uh, – I think he's tied with Romain for interceptions in the postseason. Um, but he's got two two pick sixes. So it's, I think it's going to come down to Albany secondary versus Philly's receiving core. And with Money Reynolds coming back, that's such a, that's such a great matchup, especially with, uh, with guys like uh, Homer and Norrell's. And he also got, uh, you've also got, uh, what is it, Mo Leggett, and I think Terrence Smith. I think Terrence Smith and Mo Leggett are probable for this game. I think they're going to suit up. They were both hurt in last week's game. Um, I think it's, it's going to come down to that matchup. And if, and, and as Harrison said, I think uh, uh, swapping places here. I think if the Albany, I think if Albany's defensive line gets pressure on Ronabar early and force him to make mistakes, and it could get away. It, it a close matchup could turn into a runaway for the Empire. So, uh, but I expect a great game By the on way, just, both sides. Just, just a quick mention since you're talking about practice reports. As of today's practice report, Aaron Washa did not participate. Terrence Smith for Albany did not participate. He did not participate. Yep. And uh, what's funny is that um, 
uh, who was the, who was the other one that you mentioned? Uh, Leggett. Leggett's not even listed. Mm. Don't obviously we can't really take. I don't know what to take. Wait, from. so so did BJ Bun participate? Bun's on IR. Bun's on IR. So IR. he's all right. He's just he. I can't think Washa will play. They're probably just limiting him and working him back. But I'm I'm pretty yeah. confident Washa will play. Yeah, because both Smith and Leggett had ankle injuries last weekend. But yet, I don't think I know Albany did make some. They did make a, a change today. Uh, there was actually a, a transaction that came across the wire, and let me double check it here. Yeah, okay. there was. It was uh, actually- defensive lineman. They activated Devonte Lambert uh, from league suspension and placed uh, Harold Brentley the third. So that doesn't. Yeah, that doesn't make a really. Yeah. I mean, they've both been playing on and off every every for this season. Yeah, exactly. So well, I guess we'll find out about Leggett. Uh, I, we should find out either it'll be a game time time decision or we'll find out what's what's happening over the next uh, uh i guess once we get into town so yep um john honestly to sort of echo off of everything that harrison ben and ryan said i think we have such a great matchup that it's hard to say what we should watch and what's actually gonna be the deciding factor you know is it going to be the secondaries is it going to be the quarterbacks is it going to be the lines it's so hard to say because we have so many first team all arena players on the field for this game that i think it's just unpredictable we might we might reference arena bowl 30 again throw it back to uh 2017 and say this is going to be a really close game Obviously, I'm what I'm hoping for is a very clean game. I know that I think it was we don't want a situation where, you know, a Malachi, you know, what Malachi did a few weeks back, you know, scoring a touchdown, sitting on the on the back wall and a penalty and that that basically costing the Albany the game right there. Um, yeah, I, I'm really echoing what everybody is saying. This game is so close. And it I don't know if you if you call this the real it's like saying, you know, last year was a – it kind of reminded me of the 87 test season. Um, this year is the real first full year, you know, of this new – this brand new AFL. And I don't think there is any better matchup that I would want. Uh, I think it's going to be an absolutely amazing matchup. The atmosphere is going to be absolutely um, stunning in, in all of it. It's going to be just loud. I think that may be one huge factor also. So it makes me wonder how Coach Dozell and the, and the team are going to be practicing this week. Uh, but I, I'm looking for a good game. I don't. I, I'm, I am going to give a slight edge to Albany, I think, because they are at home and I think also because of the uh, of the wide receiving core. But, uh, you know, it's not always Malachi, 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 as we've seen over the, uh, over the year. Uh, you know, they're able to go to another receiver if, if need be. So it's... Um, it's going to be a great matchup, and I'm just looking for a, for an amazing game. So, um, we do want to mention that we are looking at. So, please stay tuned to our social media uh, channels. We're looking to, uh, at putting together a uh, a meet and greet if possible. Um, it would be the day of the game, and uh, I know there are times that there's a time that all of us want to be inside the arena as far as media goes. Uh, and getting set up for the game um but as i said keep keep an eye on it we're hoping to to do something very similar to what we did in columbus but uh as i said keep your eye on social media and uh, uh for more information so um guys uh i obviously uh ryan you're already there in albany um uh, mm-hmm. harrison when are you getting into town friday friday morning 
Nice. Wow, you're, you're there even earlier. Oh, I thought media day would be on Friday. No. I got gassed up. Nope. Nope. <laughs> I got duped. Um, Ben, are you there Friday well, or Saturday? Uh, Lauren and I are driving up Friday. Friday night. That's what I thought. Okay. Uh, John, I know you and I will, you and I will be there uh, late morning, uh, early afternoon in Albany. That's right. I'm actually treating myself and taking the train. Ooh. We're not hitting any geese this time. No geese this time. All right. We're taking the train. You're right. I was going to say, the geese watching out for you? <laughs> With my luck, they're going to hit the train. <laughs> yes. Um, there it is. Yeah. So, yeah, and I'll, I'll be making it. I'll be there uh, early, uh, late, late morning. Um, but I'll be on Saturday. Yeah, on Saturday, on Saturday. Yep. Um, and obviously, and also uh, everybody that you know, a lot of people that we've been talking to are going to be there. Um, again, if we can set something up, and because you know, for for Giancarlo, who's going to be attending his very first a- AFL game, happens to be the Arena Bowl. Um, this will be an experience that we hope that uh, that he never forgets. Obviously, and. Uh, God, the dude's going to meet so many people that he... If he forgets it, I'm going to be so pissed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? After all this? I only, no, that's going to be cool. He, he only has long-term memory. Um, <laughs> like the hangover when we take pictures and uh-huh. we don't remember anything, but then we see the pictures at the end and we're like, oh, what happened? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, Just make sure, yeah, keep the cameras away from John if that's the case. Um, that's right. Yeah, that's right. So uh, we're looking forward to everything. Uh, we are looking at having a a couple of short episodes uh, from uh, from Arena Fan HQ over in Albany for the Arena Bowl. So stay tuned for the uh, Arena Fan at Arena Bowl uh, podcasts. Um, but other than that, um, I want to thank Ryan. I want to thank you, Harrison, for joining us. Um, I know it can't, it's not easy doing a uh, round table type of thing, but I think I felt in this circumstance, uh, what better way to find out uh, from two guys who are covering the teams that are going to be in this game uh, to, to join the pod this week. Tip of the hat, sir. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having us on. It was a lot of fun, guys. Looking forward to hanging out with you guys up in Albany. It's going to be gonna a good be time. Fun. Yeah. You, and yes. you, you actually be, welcome. You'll actually be able, you'll be there in, not in spirit, but actually there in physical form, Harrison. will prove to Ben you're the no, ghost. You're no ghost. Ben still no thinks ghost. I'm a ghost. We got a picture and everything now, man. Oh, Who would have well, thought? The thing is, that's, that's what's crazy about ghosts. <laughs> They're doing pictures now. It's 2019. Uh, I'm the real deal, bro. <laughs> No, I'm a huge Harrison guy. Hologram Harrison Brown. (laughs) Hologram. Hologram Harrison. Hologram Harry, baby. Yeah. I already know. uh, Hologrammerson. The HHB. I'm going to hold on to that. That might be my SoundCloud rap name. Oh, no. Astral projection, some beats. Oh, man. Uh, Man. Um, Obviously, John, uh, Ben, um, uh, we've reached another end of the regular season. I'm looking forward to seeing you guys. It's always been fun when we've met up at Arena Bowl, and obviously it's going to be it'll be a time of our lives. Obviously, because it's it just seems that every year it just keeps keeps getting better and better, and it's you know just along with the league does too. So uh, I will see all of you guys this week, and also you, the fans. Uh, we're expecting to see you there if you can make it to Albany for Arena Bowl. If not, we will see you here on the show next week uh, for our final show of the 2019 season. So for everybody here at AFL Tonight, for Harrison Brown, for Ryan McCarthy, for John Stark, for Brent Fretinelli. Bren. I know. Sorry. I'm Tim Kaffer. <laughs> Watch the rebound.
off the net. <laughs> <laughs> Boy. <laughs>